right. So, oh, 254. 254. Straight, quote unquote, weeks. <laughs> yeah. Straight ish. Let's let's face it. This show's totally by curious is the number of shows we've had. <laughs> <laughs> so, 254 by curious weeks of cinema psyops? <laughs> that sounds actually about right for our show, doesn't it? <laughs> well, let's unleash the guns on them. The following show will destroy your self-worth with excessive expletives, overtly descriptive sexual deviance, and more desperation for external validation than any so-called entertainment should ever be allowed. Talentless losers who are about as insightful and provocative as a comatose jellyfish. Cinema Psyops. A tendency to deprave and corrupt those whose minds are open to such immoral influences and to whose hands a publication of this sort may fall. So if someone of a dirty bird gets hold of your stuff and it makes them a dirtier bird, then it's labeled obscene. Encouraging the lowest, most base, and animalistic of desires to all who will listen. Because we, as a society, have decided that cinema psyops represents our base and vulgar impulses, and that acknowledging our use of it rattles our collective conscience. trying my best to make a positive impact in the lives of others, but secretly I was involved in a relationship that was taking over my life. Cinema Psyops. It was leaving me wounded and depressed, unable to even manage the relationships that mattered to me. Auditory vermin infesting every aspect of the human condition, spreading their filth and foul disease. The Black Plague Podcasting. Cinema Psyops with Court and Matt. Fifty-four by Curious Weeks of Cinema Psyops. I'm sitting here in the studio looking at my fresh and clean refurbished gear that I did myself. Proud as fuck of this sound and the work that I did to get it done in no less than two days. I'm Court, your gentle and concerned host that is very much not tired of humanity. But a person who is fed up with everything that has to do with humanity is your co-host, Matt. Oh, fuck it. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Anyway, by Curious Weeks, though, at least something I came up with made it on this fucking show. (laughs) Hey, occasionally you come up with something brilliant. It only took 254 by Curious Weeks. Two hundred fifty-three, because this is the two hundred fifty-fourth. Oh, oh, by Curious Week. Yeah. Either way, all those by Curious Weeks and finally persistence paid off. <laughs> yes, you made a funny. Yeah, finally. <laughs> we're, all, we're all very proud of you, Matt. <laughs> Good lord, I don't know how the show lasted this long. <laughs> <laughs> it lasted by me picking up the slack for your unfunny ass, I suppose. Oh Jesus! Yeah, go ahead. Hey, don't throw out your shoulder. Pat yourself on the back that hard, will you? <laughs> <laughs> Weird flex, bro. We have weird flex. 
Oh, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Is it just going to always be like this? Like every week we're going to have something new that we're going to be bitching about? Like I, I basically made an arrangement with Darren to help us out so that I don't have to listen to you bitch about how fucked up society is. Yeah. And part of that payment is you go on his show. We already talked about that. So yes. you, you do it. I got to contact him and get all sorts of ready gussied up for it yeah you're gonna have to do your due diligence and education because uh he will not necessarily take you to task but he'll just let you ramble and uh if you sound like an asshole it's your fault well, i mean <laughs> it's not that fucking doesn't take that long <laughs> it doesn't take that much either huh <laughs> it didn't take that much me and you know i'm, I'm kind of used to already sounding like an asshole so it's fine <laughs> i don't know if you knew this or not but which is getting ready to to wrap up the doomsday clock here shortly and so we got got one more thing that we've left undone with which actually technically two now but there's one thing that we've never gotten beyond with which yeah you know what i'm talking about don't you no what's that We've never gotten beyond Thunderdome with him. We never went beyond Thunderdome. You're right. So yeah. he's, he's clunking down the doomsday clock. Or, or is that is that it? Is it over? Are we done? Are uh, we going to end? Is that what's happening? Yes and no. But you got to remember that show is a different uh, timeline than what we're in and also an alternative sort of universe kind of deal. So, you know, the witch that you yeah. and I know on this show is different than the witch that we have known before in the past. Because remember, I've broken reality several times on this show. That's true. <laughs> we, we have a lot of flashpoints in uh in this in this in our lives here yeah that's absolutely true i mean it's kind of my fault and now i've created the worst version of us yeah this is all your fault uh <laughs> no no i will not take the blame for the pandemics and just the hell world that's not my fault that's just the reality that you and i live in it's just that everything else that was sort of awesome in our lives is now gone we don't have any bun bun we don't <laughs> we, we don't have any like uh <laughs> Frank and Matt or whatever we used to call him. I can't oh, remember. Yeah, now. yeah, all the all the nice characters that we used to talk to on occasion. You mean all uh, the hard work that I used to do to make this stuff a reality on this show and nobody yeah, cared? Like the fucking murder Matt, Matt bot. Like we haven't talked to Matt Bot in forever. <laughs> Matt Bot doesn't exist anymore, man. We broke that reality. He's gone. Oh, Jesus. And yeah. like uh what about the the oh the the, the fucking Sandy Shores? Yeah, they're gone too. That's all gone. Everything's just gone. Yeah, that's just you and me and this shitty COVID infested fucking world, dude. <laughs> it's a fucking it's a it's a hard knock life for us, my friend. Yeah, but we've got really very little to complain about compared to the rest of the things that are happening to other people in this world. So maybe we ain't should that, just back the fuck up and get off that cross. Ain't that the fucking truth? Holy shit, poor people in this world. You know who was a big supporter of all of our stupid sketches was Chris Mounts. From like day one, he loved that and always played along. So Yeah, he did. Yeah, it was always nice. It was, it was always fun. I don't, I don't know if you've seen or not, but he's back on Facebook. He's he's recovering um, and he's doing awesome. well. So I'm hoping if he does get to hear this, if he's caught up on the show already. Uh, Chris, we were pulling for you the whole time and we're so glad to hear that you're okay. Um, that yeah. you're, you're coming out the other side of it and it looks like you're getting a good recovery and uh, we wish you a very speedy recovery for sure. Yes, I hope everything goes well and uh, it's, a, it's a smooth operation and you do get fucked financially for this. But I don't want to get too deep in into what may or may not be happening. We just well, I'm, I'm just talking about what generally happens in this country. So not just his specific oh. 
you know, thing. But yeah, you yeah, know, I, I got you. Just I saying, you, you spend any time in a hospital in this fucking country, you're flipping a fucking coin as to how fucked you're about to be. <laughs> That's very true because the United States does not take care of its own. Um, no, no. Also, further updates um, both Bradley and Jeremy from the Deuce podcast, and Bradley does a bunch of other shows as well. Like, he does so many shows, I can't even keep track of them. <laughs> but uh, they're yeah. both out of the hospital. Um, Bradley was in for about 30. 34 days in total, but he's well on the way to recovery now. I think he may need some physical therapy or something along those lines. So if anybody, you know, was looking to reach out and kind of give them some words of encouragement and everything, I know he's kind of taking a break from social media and everything, but that doesn't mean that he won't still see your messages if you just want to say hi and throw a little support his way and everything. And every now and then he'll post on Facebook an update. So if you're on the uh, old people app like uh, Matt and I, you can check him out there and uh, just give him some words of encouragement and everything. Thing, but Bradley and Jeremy are back together and, uh, you know, that's a relatively happy home now because they're at least together again. And that's important. Yeah. So that's very important. Being back together again is that's huge for, for a family. So good for them. Good for Bradley and Jeremy. I'm happy for him. Yeah. So I that's hope that everything keeps going smoother. That's uh, the most uh, kind of updates and behind the scenes stuff that I kind of have. Um, you know, we're going to try and not bitch because like I said, this is we're trying to escape. So this is an escapism yeah. type show. But, it's you know, to, it's time to end the bitching and uh, let's get to the, you know, us being jackasses. <laughs> let's stop bitching about reality and let's start bitching about Andy Sedaris film. <laughs> yes. Stop bitching about reality and start bitching about all these big, you know, big breasted gun toting fierce ladies who can fly helicopters and planes and shit get to go all over the fucking place and also eric estrada and uh, a very young very uh smooth faced danny trejo danny trejo yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of crazy well let's not dally exactly. anymore we're gonna play the legion gofundme promo we will have the main theme sung by cynthia brumhall right out of guns i grabbed that nice and when we come back we will have the trailer for guns This is Bo from LegionPodcasts.com. Hey, it's been a crazy time, and when the world gets nuts, we're happy to offer some old-fashioned podcast entertainment. But for some folks, getting a laugh out of a show isn't really helping these days. People who depend on tips in their bartending jobs or have been put on furlough with no pay till the worst of this coronavirus threat has passed. That's a tough spot. That's why we set up a GoFundMe for members of our community, a sort of grand-scale take-a-penny-leave-a-penny. For people like myself, for whom the recent disruptions haven't kicked us out of work, well, we can drop a few of those extra pennies in the GoFundMe jar for those who are directly affected by recent events and find themselves looking for money to pay the electric bill or keep the water on. Well, how about you give me a shout at Bo, B-O, at legionpodcasts.com. Let me know the situation and what you need, and we'll do our best to make life a little easier. And you can find links to the GoFundMe on the front page of legionpodcasts.com, on our Facebook group page, or on Twitter at Legion Podcasts, where it's the pinned tweet. For those of you who are able, thanks in advance for chipping in. And members of our community who need a hand, hey, here we are. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and we're all going to get through this together. Legion isn't just a name, it's who we are. Thanks for listening to all the shows here on Legion Podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon.
So when you're not seeing Cynthia Brimall standing in basically what the equivalent of a G-string and just a bra with like this weird coat-like thing over top of it on her shoulders that's all fluffy and weird. It's like a a magician's little tails coat thing. Kind of, only it doesn't really cover anything including her tail, which thank you movie for that. Thank you movie. When you don't see her, when she's not there performing in such scantily clad outfit and you have to focus in on her voice, holy fuck, she can actually sing. Is that her voice? Was she actually singing? Yeah, yeah, she can actually sing, apparently. That's what Andy Sedaris was saying in the special features and everything. So, uh, good on you, lady. I just thought she was limp syncing. All right, good job for her. Yeah, it's not a bad voice. Yeah, holy fuck, she's way too goddamn talented and beautiful. That's just not even fucking fair. Yeah, Edie is definitely one of my favorite characters in these uh, film franchises so far. Uh, she wasn't Edie, though, was she? I thought that was a different character because no, the actual Edie, Edie got shot. Okay, well, they changed, Edie, no, they changed no, no, names no. around. Roxy got shot. Oh, okay, so they switched <laughs> Roxy In the Edie. earlier films we watched, Edie was running the restaurant and shit down in Hawaii, uh-huh. and then Roxy took over like the last movie, and it became Roxy's place, and Edie apparently Apparently, we see what she's doing. So. Oh, you know what? I got something that'll clear this all up for us right away. You ready? Oh, oh yeah, I'm ready. It's the trailer. <laughs> Guns. Even in a world of turbocharged, techno-violent weaponry, Eric Estrada is the jack of diamonds. Smuggling guns is his profession. This is an instrument of beauty. It is an instrument of death. Murder is his pleasure. This is a simple assassination. I want it clean. Fasten your seatbelts. There's a surprise at every turn. When you're playing for keeps, death is a sure bet. My bet is the Smith & Wesson beats for races. Eric Estrada and six Playboy centerfolds hot on the trail of cold steel. Guns, loaded, cocked, and ready to fire. Wow, that's some serious innuendo. Yeah, that's some hardcore innuendos. <laughs> In your endo. Yeah, well, In your endo. Um, okay, so guns. We start out Edie singing. She's doing a show in Vegas, and she is... Super fucking fine in that outfit, except she, I didn't like the coat. Yeah, she's, but she ain't wearing much. Then we see Eric Estrada shows up, and you're like, am I watching Chips? And uh, But no, no, it's just Eric Estrada's around there, and with his toupee, and everything's there, and hanging out. Eric Estrada shows up, and I'm afraid I'm watching Caged Heat again. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, he was a caged heat, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. That's some insane shit. <laughs> uh, anyway, he gets in a limo, and it picks up two other guys named Tito and Cubby. Oh, well, they're all in the limo, and this is going to lead to our first clip. My associates in Detroit have recommended you highly. Well, uh, we do the job, Mr. Degas. 
That's Degas. Yes, Simon. Yes, sir. Mr. Degas, we're experts in our field. The bigger the challenge, the more we enjoy it. This is a simple assassination. I want it clean. I'm with you, sir. I happen to be one of the pioneers in high-tech equipment. You must know about a recent work in New York City. Picture this. Park Avenue penthouse. A man and woman return home. We're stationed a, a quarter of a mile away. The man is getting ready to park this chick, right? Yeah, every time she turns away, he's looking in the mirror, checking for nose hairs. <laughs> Actually, he mixes himself a martini, right, Tito? Yeah, right. Anyway, here's the beautiful part. She takes a lemon peel, he takes an olive. The transistor is in the olive. He blows boom! She's maybe, what? Soil. Yeah, soil. Soil. Ooh, that's clean, sir. That's your bet. My bet is a Smith & Wesson beats four aces. When we land in Honolulu, Tong and I will take a commuter plane to Molokai. You two will get there by helicopter. On Molokai, I will identify the target. We will not see, talk to each other until we meet again in Las Vegas. Boy, those guys are bragging themselves up about how fucking awesome and cool and high-tech they are. And they basically are just saying we remote detonated an olive and murdered a guy. Yeah, pretty much. That's, I mean, that's kind of all hitmen do is murder people. Well... (laughs) Right. I'm just saying, like, they remote detonated an olive. All they did was hide yeah. an explosive charge just big enough to kill the guy in a martini and, and glass. And not kill his, his bride. So I guess that's just how they're going to roll with that. Congratulations. <laughs> you killed only the person you were hired to kill. That's not exactly yeah, yeah. bragging rights, dude. You did the bare minimum. <laughs> <laughs> you fulfilled the requirements of the job description, fuckhole. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what do you want, a cookie? <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, I do the bare minimum at my job, too. You don't see me bragging. Uh, <laughs> I do the bare minimum, and I brag, and I get away with it. That's the life of a coder. <laughs> True. Um, so anyway, uh, we see uh, that Danny Trejo is there, and he's Estrada's right-hand man. And they all are on a plane, and they're flying to Hawaii. Young Danny Trejo is a very fetching man. Yeah, not bad. Not, I mean, you can see how a woman be attracted to that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he kind of overshadows Eric Estrada a little bit, if you ask me. I think he definitely overshadows him like by a lot. I mean, Eric Estrada was a, you know, supposedly hot ticket during chips and everything, but I only like fried bacon and pork skins, so I just didn't get into him. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Uh, I like pork rinds. Okay. Oh, instead of chips? Yes. I like pork rinds instead of chips because they're keto. That's all I was inferring, Matt. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I gotcha. So anyway, we, we then cut to, we see Donna and another lady. They're coming out of the water and they're running around. All the dudes land and the two hitmen take a chopper. Donna and this other lady who we've never seen before, they are dressed and getting into their Jeep. Okay, we need to address it. Yeah. Taryn got busted with all of her war profiteering. That's why Taren, she's Taren no longer dev- here. Taryn definitely got nailed war profiteering. Yes, that's that's a fact. She murdered the wrong person at the wrong time for the right amount of money, and uh, that was it. That was the end of her reign of terror. And, all the and other the F- people turned evidence on her, and then they continued to be agents because she was just an asset the whole time anyway. And Operation Get Behind Taryn was successful. Yeah, they didn't really care about like oh maybe you know we should you know oh she's our friend yeah it ain't no no one cared 
No one cared about Taryn. Well, Everyone knew she was a war profiteer anyway. She well, pro- here's what probably happened. Taryn didn't probably share as she said she was going to with her friends. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe they just ratted her out and that was the end of it. Who knows? That yeah, that could also be. So anyway, um, Estrana and uh, Danny Trejo, they land at the Malake Airport. So they're now in town. Um, Donna and the other girl, they stop at the local gift shop there. Uh, the shop owner has this great dress for Donna's friend, who we find out her name is Nicole. Um, then Rocky comes in and says a group she had uh, canceled and how tiring it is being both a federal agent and a restaurant owner. So <laughs> Rocky's just a, a, a jack of all trades there. Yeah, but she's soon to be out of this mortal coil for us all. We don't have to deal with her anymore. Wow, you just like to ruin the movie for everybody, don't you? You fucking just insensitive prick do you feel like this movie should have taken place before they introduced Edie as running a restaurant called Edie's like shouldn't the plot line of guns have happened in the last movie in it Savage feels Beach like, yeah all everything should have happened and then the first movie we saw that was Edie's then that movie should have happened are yeah. we sure they didn't are we are we sure we have them in the right order I'm pretty fucking sure, but then why would Taryn be back if we weren't in the right order? Yeah, you know, you're you're absolutely right. I have yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know what to tell anybody anymore these days. Everything's <laughs> just messed up for everyone. Well, uh, the through line is that it's the ladies of Lethal and it's an agency and we get to follow them and then sometimes the same actors and actresses come back and play the same characters. Sometimes they resurrect the characters that were killed and then they make them good people. We'll see that later on. So if you're looking through a logic through line you might as well just start pushing the i believe button and just pretend like this is one of those what if marvel comics every time you watch a new movie this is true it's like it, maybe it's a new universe you know like dc and marvel there's tons of uh fucking earths and shit like that right maybe this is this is kind of like that in it, this universe Edie was a lounge singer all we need is superboy prime just to punch a crystal for us and we'll get everything sorted out or the flash to run really really fast no he only fucks stuff up when he does that we need superboy prime Prime to punch crystals. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, so anyway, um, th- yeah. So uh, then um, Nicole, uh, she gets in the dress and uh, is given a lay by the uh, shop owner, and she looks pretty good in the dress. Um, Estrada is outside the uh, uh, place. He sees this, and he tells the hitman to shoot her, her in the dress in the lay, and to leave this Jack of Diamonds card with Donna's name on it on the body. So uh, the dudes then argue again about wanting to blow them up or some shit, and Estrada's getting tired of that, and it's like, don't try to upsell me. Just fucking shoot her in the head. It's like, jeez, I hate upsellers constantly. <laughs> God. I mean, holy fuck. It's probably because I had to do that job once, and it's fucking, it's just annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Upsell, downsell kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. So anyway... Uh, then we see another brunette gets there, and she has the same dress on. And so then Nicole gives her that lay because it's her honeymoon. She's about ready to go to the restaurant and have uh, dinner with her husband. Can we make jokes about how they got laid? Yes. Yeah, they uh, they laid each other. So this was uh, this was really hot. So the so shop owner laid the one of the main characters. Then yep. And then the main character laid, laid the, uh, the, 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 the new married 
woman. Um, <laughs> so then the hitmen see that bride lady leaving and they go to follow her. Uh, but they have to go ahead and make a stop off in the ladies' rooms. And then they bitch about having to only shoot the lady as they change into dresses. These guys are all about their fancy shit and they just want to keep making all this fancy shit. And then when it doesn't work the way that they want it to, they get pissy about it. Yeah. When they get told no, they act like petulant children. Um, <laughs> Typical man, right? Yeah, pretty much. Then we cut to Estrada meets with an old friend uh, and he looks to be checking out some new uh, uh, People Republic of China built weapons. It's like a really great machine gun test and we get it. And there seems to be even a missile launcher attached to it or some shit like that. This is something that they start doing from this movie forward. Andy Sedaris starts incorporating his own version of guns and like has like these weird modified looking guns and they they actually fire for the most part but i think that what they basically are is like your basic ar-15 type rifle yeah. and then they just modify it a little bit or add a few things to it that mostly looks like it's made out of cardboard and duct tape on this film and it is it definitely <laughs> is and then you know like a, or a spray painted uh tube that's supposed to make you think that it's a rocket launcher <laughs> And yeah, something like that with a little tiniest little rocket in there that couldn't have much explosives in it at all. Right. But it's still kind of cool that they're doing it and it's still fun that they're having a little bit of fun with it and all. And, you know, you, you dig it. You, you get into yeah. you get to enjoy what they're doing. So I'm not going to pick on it too much, but I noticed with this high definition version of the print, I'm like, wow, that gun looks fake as fuck. Yeah, that wasn't a good looking gun. Um. So anyway, then the killers go in and they're dressed as women. They go in, they kill the girl and her husband. They leave the card. And as they're leaving, Roxy goes to stop them. And they she is shot and hit. And then those two guys head into the women's room. Um, then we cut to Estrada and his friend. They're talking how they'll be, uh, after Estrada's plan goes through, there'll be no feds on the island to stop these planes carrying these guns from refilling here and then going to their destination. Donna and Nicole, they see the guys are leaving and Nicole sees a tattoo on one of the guy's hands. Uh, as they leave, then Nicole and Donna hear the commotion and they head to the restaurant. It's uh, important to note that because they are leaving the women's restroom yeah they are being noticed by nicole because nicole. she sees that and it's odd and it catches her attention and then being the observant agent that she is she stares directly at a visible mark on the guy's hand and then also the camera zooms in on it where it's like wah, 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 like it's Bill bill yeah, or yeah. some shit yeah yeah it's a it's a whole thing uh <laughs> they make a big thing about it they really do yeah uh, as roxy's dead donna investigates the wife's body finds the card and sees it's from the Rio in Vegas. Uh, it also has her name on it. Did you notice that? Yes, it says uh, Donna. Yeah. And uh, then they're told two women shot them and the girls give chase and Nicole remembers that two guys are actually who came out of the ladies room. So uh, we see the guys are already out in front of them. They get into the chopper and the ladies take off in their plane to give chase. The lady's called Shane Abilene. Fuck you. And <laughs> is this a different actor or is it the same guy? This is uh, the same same guy who played Shane last time. Okay. I think. I at least he appeared to look the same. I can't keep my Abilene straight. Shane was in the last movie too, right? Or was that a different Abilene? Uh, yes. Shane was in the movie last week too. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. this is the fourth fucking Abilene that we've dealt with, but it's the same one from the last movie. And we've only had like two movies per Abilene except for Cody, right? Yeah. Does that sound about I, right? Or, or no, there's, I, there's... No, no, no. Is this the only one that's repeated? Every time there's been a new Abilene until now. Even Picasso Trigger was the third, and then this fourth guy has been in two movies from that point. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, but I can't tell one Abilene from the other. They're just, they're all white privileged assholes. So I can't really tell them apart. I'm getting to the point of saturation where the plot lines are so similar that I'm forgetting which movie's which. (laughs) Right? As I'm watching this one, the last two, I've had to stop midway to make sure I wasn't watching the same movie from last week and taking notes. (laughs) Right. Anyway, they call Shane and he tells them uh, to, while they're trying to find the chopper, he tells them to check out Tiger Bays. It's usually pretty empty. So if someone was looking to make an emergency landing or escape someplace, that would be where you want to do it. They uh, find the actual hitman landing their uh, chopper and the hitman get in a car. They start firing at a plane that's chasing them. Like that's going to do anything. That plane's pretty high up. But they're able to enter in a tunnel so the ladies lose them. They decide to land at Shane's and they meet with uh, Shane and Bruce, who's back as well. And they all decide that they're flying to Vegas that night on the uh, agency uh, private jet thing. So Bruce was the guy that was the uh, CIA undercover agent guy, right? Yes. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Yep, yep. All right. So anyway, the ladies, uh, as they're flying, they decide to change. We don't get to see much, not that that's important. Uh, But the ladies change, and they discuss the plan, and that is our next clip. The agency has given us a green light to continue the mission as we see fit. You contacted Lucas. Yes. Is he with the Las Vegas Bureau? Uh, intelligence. He runs a hotel on the Strip as his cover. He could round up a team for us. Yeah, he's already on it. Got it. I'll see you tomorrow morning. <laughs> that was very important. Yeah, it was a short clip. I thought it was going to be more important than that, but it was already done. So, anyway. <laughs> I've been guilty of that. I'm not going to give you too much shit. <laughs> you know what's really funny about this? These movies ebbs and flows with my clips. Uh, I think the first one was like, I think I had four. The next two were nine apiece, and now this one's five. There's fewer bits of dialogue, and there's more like jet setting and travel, and Picasso Trigger really was relying on like this heavy-duty plan, and then the rest of it was just like watching them all across the globe and everything and savage beach was pretty much them just running around and kind of talking to each other so there wasn't a lot of dialogue so it's it jumps around because they use more dialogue for other things when they're trying to explain what's going on than when they're just kind of showing you and this plot line is relatively simple compared to the ones where you use more clips i think the ones with the heavier plot elements seem to be the ones that you use a lot more clips and longer ones too yeah um, well, anyway, um, a dude meets with Edie, um, and this is, they call, like, he's, we see this guy, he's kind of getting cigarettes lit for him. He seems to be the head of this, the Vegas chapter of our agency here. And he meets with Edie and tells her about all the stuff that's going on and that the Hawaii agency needs him. She's not listening, and she just keeps talking over him, and then she ends up topless. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, thanks, movie. <laughs> major thanks movie because she's walking around talking and talking and talking and this entire time even when the girls are changing on the plane there has been no nudity there's been no toplessness yeah. and we're like holy fuck did Andy Sedaris get some class then this scene happens you're like oh no we just we had we had to wait you just had to wait for a little bit yeah no class this was the longest we've had to go in any of these Andy Sedaris films before we've gotten like legit nudity oh it was fucking terrible man it felt like forever so anyway <laughs> 
It's true, swear though. Swear to God. Yeah, I know, right? It's true, though. So uh, It is true. I'm sorry. I, well, I'm not watching these movies for the excellent acting, all right? Because there ain't. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, as then we cut to uh, two ladies are oil wrestling. So, okay. That's... Um, a thing, I guess. <laughs> what am I supposed to do here, movie? What is it you yeah, want me to do with this? What, what do you want, movie? What do you want me to do? They're oil wrestling. Okay. I, all right. Fine. I chose to enjoy it. I chose I to watch too. it and enjoy it. I actually started announcing it like it was a wrestling match. <laughs> then my OCD noticed that there were just tarps that were overlapping each other and all that oil. And I'm like, they're oh. going to get caught up in those tarps and something bad's going to happen. And that's not good. They should have sprung for a much bigger tarp that would just cover the whole thing and these ladies could get hurt and then my brain went shut up dude there's ladies wrestling in oil why are you looking at the tarps then your brain went oh my god dude seriously (laughs) yeah i was very disappointed in myself you need need to put the movies away (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't so much the movies it was more just like serious obsessive compulsive disorder yeah you need to stop being a producer for once um So then uh, the two ladies then shower after wrestling and they're they're naked. So um, thanks, movie. Right. I mean, right. Right. I kind of so, wanted to see them disrobing and covered in oil and all shiny, but they took care of that by having them be soaked in water and all shiny. Yeah. So, I mean, they they got some things taken care of. I mean, yeah, no, they, gonna... they, they totally took care of me and I was very happy with what ended up happening in yeah. the result here. So we went from like zero nudity for about what, 10, 12 minutes? No, 10, 12, no, zero nudity for like 30. 30 minutes, really? Yeah. Yeah. Probably about, oh, maybe like 28 minutes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Uh, to now, we've, we've had quite a bit. Yeah. It's like instant, you know? Yeah. Hey, sometimes you just kind of make decisions here. Um, <laughs> Choices so were anyway. made. Things were done. We have to yeah. move on. One of the ladies says her boyfriend no longer wants her to wrestle uh, as it's, you know, it's uh, unbecoming. And uh, then uh, one of the other ladies says, but a blowjob isn't. So, and I was like, oh, uh, okay. That's a Roseanne <laughs> Barr joke. Yeah, right? Yeah. No, that's it, that's a straight up Roseanne Barr joke from when she did stand up. That was her joke. Damn, Sedaris just stole the Roseanne joke, huh? Yeah, I mean, the delivery is relatively the same. It's just that these ladies do not have the penchant for delivering a line like that. The timing. Yeah, they just, they didn't quite get the timing to nail it right. And then also the delivery, like how you actually state the line is very important. And they seemed both very disaffected with the dialogue. Yeah. Whereas when Roseanne actually delivered that line back when she did that stand up, she gave it the gusto that Roseanne gives, which makes it fucking hilarious. Yes. I mean, it's, um, it's chuckle worthy here, but I also kind of like audibly groaned when they delivered that. Cause I'm like, you stole that joke. What are you fucking Dane Cook in 1990? Yeah, it was even, a, I didn't even know that was a joke, but. I, uh, I, I I agreed. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> that the delivery wasn't that great? No, I agreed with the sentiment. <laughs> I mean, what, what that's embarrassing, but, you know, blowing someone isn't. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> right. I mean, I feel the same way. I get yeah. it, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we see as they're talking, the two agent dudes are watching them. So that's not creepy at all. Eh, I was fine with it. All right. So anyway, we cut to Estrada tearing into the two hitmen in our next clip. Clean your ears before you clean your fingerprints. When you shot that brunette, you shot the wrong woman. Your assignment is far from over. Yes, Yes, sir. Let me fill you in on some background so you get a better perspective on exactly what it is you've done. 
Donna Hamilton is an undercover federal agent who runs an inter-island cargo service with her partner, Nicole Justin. Nicole Justin is the one you were supposed to kill. But Hamilton, she is dedicated and dangerous. Now, she is responsible for some very serious interruptions in the machinery of my international network. Why did you just want one of them killed? Hamilton's caused more trouble. So what? We'll kill them both. Yeah, two for one special. <laughs> oh, I want Donna Hamilton killed, but I want to do it myself. Okay. Hey, you're the boss. Yeah, did you leave the car at the scene? I did. No doubt both women are on the way to Las Vegas. Yeah, we were chased clear across the island by plane. Good. Have the airport watch and all surrounding airstrips and use that new weapon we received. I'm interested in a performance report on the battle conditions. Done. I wanted to be free of distractions when Miss Hamilton showed up. And it looks like my focus will be clouded. And I hate when that happens. You two lay low, but stay close. Come on, out. I would not have made such a sloppy mistake. Your assets are quite apparent to me, my love. Then let me kill for you. <laughs> let me yeah. kill for you. Yeah. Well, and then Estrada has sex. So, which is not something I ever want to see. But there it is. We need to talk about this too, unfortunately. I am very sorry about this, Mr. Psyop. Why are you doing this? What are, you, what are we doing? Well, this happened to be Eric Estrada's very first sex scene ever filmed. Really? Yeah. Fucking awkward. It's fucking awkward, bud. <laughs> yeah. Um, the actress that was working with him uh, had to kind of help him and walk him through it and make him feel comfortable, which is why I think he's on the bottom and she just climbs on top and... Uh, Pretty much does all the work for him. He has your lovemaking style, which is probably why you're uh, so upset about watching him, because it just shows you how much you love the starfish still. Then the group lands on the plane, and they're out like in the middle of the desert. And uh, we see Trejo and some goons are watching them. Uh, well, Nicole and Bruce, they're going to take a dirt bike and ride out, and the other two uh, are going to take a van. Uh, Trejo sends the goons to deal with them and gives them the special fucking machine gun thing. So the goons are in a plane, and they're shooting at Bruce and Nicole. The the other two in the van, they decide they see what's happening and they're trying to help out their friends. But the bike gets blown up and the two run for cover. Well, Bruce takes out his gun, but he can't hit shit because he's a fucking Albaline. <laughs> and uh, so it's the same Don big fucking gun, too, right? Yeah, it's the same. It's the fucking Dirty Harry, Smith and Wesson. Wait, it's not. Bruce isn't the Abilene, it's Shane. So is it Shane, Shane that I'm can't sorry, hit anything? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Shane can't hit anything. My apologies. It's Shane who can't hit anything because he's shooting. So then Donna blows up the plane with a fucking rocket launcher because that's popular in Sedaris world. And <laughs> did you notice it was another one of those like um, bunch of tubes, like wrapping paper, cardboard tubes or whatever that they just glued yeah. together and spray painted? Of course, there's no even trigger. I didn't even see a trigger for it right there. It might have been PVC pipe. I might be a little salacious in my statement. They might have made it out of pvc pipe but yeah it very much was clearly not an actual rocket launcher yeah no that uh that wasn't yeah a rocket launcher at all it so. kind of looked like the one from commando like they were trying to replicate what they had in commando with the four yeah. shot rocket launcher that he hauls off on his shoulder yeah yeah exactly um so anyway shane is going through the bodies and he's expecting because the bodies after a huge explosion are all full and not blown apart at all and he actually finds the gun so he grabs it 
They head back to van and the bike are both fucked. There's no getting uh, those things going again. So then the group hitchhikes into town with the fucking what kid? Now I didn't even write it down, but yeah, some somebody had some grandeur ideas about himself. He's the California kid, is what oh, yeah, he the, went by. The California kid. Yeah, I okay. didn't. I didn't get that. I, is he a race car driver or something that's doing some kind of a cameo? It just didn't make sense. But yeah, I, I have no idea. They just included it, and I'm like, okay, whatever. This is just a weird segue to get them out of being stranded in the desert to this yes exactly well now the entire team meets up and that is our next clip i think it's significant that we've gathered for our meeting here next to the london bridge for more than two thousand years there has been a bridge across the thames river in london in 1962 this very bridge was actually falling down sinking due to heavy traffic and erosion but before it could be destroyed the industrious people of lake havasu city arizona purchased the bridge from england and meticulously reconstructed it, piece by piece, here on this very site. Teamwork. That's how this bridge was transposed to here. And that's what we need to accomplish our goal. Teamwork. No individual efforts or personal vendettas. As a team, we can be as formidable as the London Bridge itself. This card is the mark of Joaquin de Diamandes. Jack of Diamonds. South American born, Oxford educated, international domain. He was a rough character. He fled South America shortly after my father was killed there. De Diamandas was blown to bits on a yacht in Marseille Harbor. That was nearly 10 years ago. But why would they want me killed? And you in Vegas when I'm the one who testified there? And how the hell did they get a hold of this kind of artillery? And who are they? That's what we're here to find out. We get a lot of international high rollers at the club. I can scope out the new faces and the ones who are connected. I'll check the computer data file reports to see what I come up with. Those the cross-dressers, think they're from around here? Snake tattoo, right hand? Correct. I'll rouse the drag bars. If they're around, someone will get wind of it. You know, they picked up a couple of guys at Carson City yesterday, uh, known gun runners. Yeah. I pulled a couple of strings and uh, I borrowed them from the uh, Attorney General's people. I think I'm going to pay him a visit later on today. Need a hand? Eh, uh, no thanks. Uh, we're just going to do a little reminiscing first and then I'll ask him for help. Donna, I've had a request for you to meet with the Attorney General in Carson City. Woof! That is the sexiest damn lady I've ever met. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> present company excluded girls i don't believe this will be a social call hamilton to see the attorney general miss hamilton will you come in this is shane abilene the meeting between us is private you're welcome to wait over there what do you hope to accomplish by being here someone used my father's death to lure me here that doesn't answer my question it's been 10 years since my father was killed trying to stop drug smugglers in south america i know that well, in case you missed it, there's a war on drugs going on in this country. Murder by federal agent is still murder. If we lose this war, we can't just pack our bags and move on. I don't want you interfering with due process under any circumstances. And I certainly don't want it happening under my nose. Unfortunately, the forces we're up against are not tied to legal obstacles such as the United States Constitution. Send in Mr. Abilene, please. 
Why don't you settle down, get married, and have babies? Some of us just aren't cut out for that line of work. Tell me about it. One of your people, Mr. Abe Summerfield, borrowed two of my prisoners today. We are this close to indictment, and I don't want anything to happen to them. Abe's a pussycat. I wouldn't worry about it if I were you. Well, you're not me, and your ass is going to be in a sling if my orders are disobeyed. You got that, cowboy? Yes, ma'am. Good. Get out. Meeting's over. That mother's some bitch. That bitch is my mother. Wow. Dun, dun, dun. Here's the real problem for me. Mother and daughter look about the same fucking age. Right. That's what I was going to say, because they do. They look like they are the same age. Yeah, they're exactly the same age. That's, I mean, that's just a fact. So either Donna ages horribly or her mother has the greatest genes of anybody who's ever lived. Yeah, I don't know. It's really like when you see them together, it's like, are they really supposed to be mother and daughter? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least in this movie. So now we cut to magic dude. Uh, who is going to interrogate these two gun suspects. Well, he tells them that uh, his bro from the last movie who was in the car that was blown up, uh, he was killed uh, by one of the guys in that room or a guy who set up that hit. Uh, he does a few magic tricks. He beats them a little bit for information. And when they won't help, he puts a gun and a knife down in front of them. They go to pick it up and he blows them both away with a shotgun he had hidden. And, uh, so he kills them both. He walks out and says, those two guys, you need to search them more, you know, you need to search them better or else they could have killed me. So he pretty much just killed two suspects in cold blood. Yeah. You know, for the, for the war on drugs, because, you know, legal stuff. Yeah. Um, with this modern day climate when the police are under much more scrutiny this sort of thing is much harder to watch is it not it's fucking terrible to watch <laughs> it was like they played this off like it was just him being smooth because they're drug dealers it's okay for him to murder them in cold blood yeah exactly that was not cool at all we could do trejo informing estrada that the team uh has the gun and that the two goons they sent after him are in police custody are dead then uh, estrada says hey as long as they're just busy on the uh, mainland they have no idea what's going on on the island which is good so estrada is not exactly displeased with this they're very pleased he's a glass half full kind of evil doer where he's like well we wanted them distracted we wanted them out of the way my revenge can wait until we make shitloads of money off of these illegally imported guns so i can wait yeah. and they're busy on the island and they're miserable now so good i'm still happy yeah right exactly then we cut to uh chris and bruce are out in the middle of the desert both in leather uh, on top of a motorcycle. Uh, they talk about her Vegas history and, you know, how it's hard for her to be back here uh, due to the things that have happened to her. And then they, uh, well, they bounce. On so. top of a fucking motorcycle. In the middle of desert heat. Well, the desert, While they're both wearing leather. The desert heat thing and the leather, I, I can totally see. The thing that amazes me <laughs> is how that fucking motorcycle stayed upright with them both on top of it like that. Like, how did well, you... And not only that, but how hot is that motorcycle surface going to be? The seat? Yeah. It's going to be hot as shit out sitting in the sun. Okay, now, this is how important the guys are to me. Which one of the guys does she end up sleeping with? Is it Bruce or Shane? That's Bruce. Okay, so at least it's Bruce, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not <laughs> another, another Albaline. Right. It's, it's, it's just Bruce. So at least this Nicole character has some taste 
and you know a little bit and she's into the guy because he's riding a bike and they're wearing leather and maybe i'm just being very forgiving of him because he looks really fucking hot in that leather vest yeah (laughs) he does right like i'm not even into dudes and i'm like god damn what is wrong with me why can't i stop staring at that Uh, he's no stone cold steve austin but it works (laughs) shit you could put a leather vest on any bald white dude and they look like stone cold now <laughs> uh, then we could do the agents. Uh, they tried to go and uh, catch the two. Uh, there's some agents that infiltrate a uh, uh, kind of like a, 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 a well a bar for I, I guess uh, transgendered folks or people who like to uh, dress up as the opposite sex or whatever have you. Yeah. Is and- okay. I don't know what the proper term is going to be for someone that their kink is just to. They live as a man, but they like to dress as a woman. That's just their thing you know like because yeah. if it's like a performance thing then you can still call them a drag performer because that's technically drag but yeah because that's what ed wood identified himself as whenever he liked to dress up in women's clothes you know but Possibly. he was he was he was a straight guy that just felt more comfortable wearing women's clothes or dressing up like a woman whenever the need arose he just did it you know it was never really a big thing to him and like i kind of feel like that's what these guys are where they use it for their work but it's also just something that they like to do you know because it's more comfortable for them and it looks like that's the kind of bar that it is but there's also like it looks like it may be possibly a gay bar too because because I, I believe it's just a its main purpose is a gay bar. And so, but a lot of alternative lifestyles usually end up at gay bars, especially back then when there weren't a lot of places right, for them to get ex- out. Acceptance would be at least more likely there for whatever you may have been into. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, and it, it, for a 1990 film, they could have handled a lot of this stuff much worse than what they did. The worst thing is the way that the one lady described them, that particular phrase that I picked a bone with that you left in your clip like that was pretty much the most grievous thing so um well the agents go try to grab the hitman but the during a bar tussle they're able to get away and then one of the guys one of the guy agents who dressed up as a female makes a joke about how his the heels are murder that was okay because so, he's this is not his normal thing he's doing I'm it ju- for I'm undercover not, i'm not i'm just saying it's like the fucking how hacky is that fucking joke yeah it's it's definitely a bad joke but at least it wasn't like pejorative Oh, no, it wasn't like, yeah, no, I'm just talking about it being a hack joke. That's it. Well, yeah, Um, that's that's Andy Sedaris, though. Yeah. Well, now we cut to Edie's having another show, and we see the bad guys are there. Um, Estrada gets a phone call, and he says that the enemies know their identities, but because of this, they actually know their enemies' identities as well. So that means they know which agents are which. Then uh, Edie is done. The magician gets up, and Edie kind of goes around to table to table, holding like this bouquet of flowers, and she talks to Estrada and his lady friend, who uh, she seems to know, and... I believe you hear little like snaps of a picture being taken. So there must be something in the flowers. Um, Edie actually sits with at the table with the rest of the, some of the team members and she tells them about them. Uh, she has the pictures and she says Estrada's lady used to dance with her and uh, she always wears too much perfume. That's probably going to come back. Also, while we're going through all this, the ma- the magician dude makes his wife disappear, and we see him because she's in one of those like little cases where he presses a button so she falls through a trap door. Fucking remember that because you know it's coming back. <laughs> It's uh, interesting so, the way that they set all of these plot points up in one interesting kind of little show. He's not the worst yeah. onstage magician I've ever seen, but he's certainly not the best. Well, it doesn't look like it's a big Vegas show either. You know, it's a small room. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, so, this is more off 
off off the strip than some of the shows that we went to when we went to Vegas together. Yeah, right? No shit. Um, so Estrada confirms the magician on the stage is the one who killed his men. So he's going to send his lady friend to go ahead and kill him. How did he know that? Like, how did he find that out? Did he get intel from the cops? Like, I don't... There, I don't... Was, uh, there was intel. Yeah, I think they know who left the station, who visited it, and he probably has inside sources. So he said the source says it was a magician who killed uh, his two men. So. Okay, so he just... I remember him saying that, but I didn't see him and getting I, the sources. They're just throwing that out in dialogue so that they can yeah. kill off this character. And okay. I think that when they put it together that they know all the identities of all the team members who are looking for him. So uh, that's also how we're supposed to know that okay fair enough i'll shut up now all righty then um <laughs> shane says he needs to go meet donna for a workout and the boss sends brown with him and i thought that was really fucking weird uh the, the only black guy in the whole movie and they named him brown yeah fucking, what the fuck dude seriously what's unless, going on unless the actor's last name is brown and they just decided just to give him the last name like how is, donna the is actress is donna, donna is yeah is Donna. i'm hoping i'm praying i haven't checked that maybe that's all and if so fine but i just thought that was fucking weird but anyway, uh, it's very insensitive and we have to deal with it. Yes. If yes. it's if it's the other case where they just decided it would be a funny joke. That's yeah, that same that, bodybuilder guy that's been all the way back to like yes. Malibu Express too. Correct. Yep. Same same guy. So they go and they start working out and they're working out with Donna and Estrada says he's going to send the goons goons to follow him. Watching Donna work out was kind of nice, right? You know, this is much better because Donna says she's done. She's going to go get changed. So she goes into the uh, locker room and she starts changing. Thank you, movie. Yeah, we finally um, get to see Donna Spears nude again on film. Yes. Uh, then um, we see Brown says he's going to go for some fresh towels. And as he goes and uh, he's leaving pretty much Shane alone here. Uh, then these ninjas come. They kind of lock the door that Brown went into. Can we talk and about then- how sad a fucking ninjas these guys actually are these were the saddest fucking ninjas yes <laughs> their, their clothes were like 65 percent gray they were so fucking faded the, they were wearing karate geese that didn't even fit them well and were like super faded and it looked pretty much like the mask was like the same kind of mask they used in final sacrifice where it was like the arm of a sweatshirt they cut off and then just cut a hole in so people could see and then stitch it across the top to make it look kind of like a mask yeah th- it was it was, these were some sad nin- these were some dollar store ninjas right here <laughs> they also didn't martial arts like you should either <laughs> no not at all um <laughs> their so stances anyway, were all fucked up uh so anyway shane gets jumped by these ninjas and they're beating the shit out of them and then we see more changing for donna as she kind of starts hearing shit out there but she's still scantily clad that fucking lingerie outfit that she puts on is incredible. That like sort of corsety type top. Shit's it, fire, man. Oh, it looks so fucking good on her. That outfit was just so hot. Yeah, that uh, shit's hot. Shit's hot, man. And they uh. also, when they're beating that dude up, we got to go back to that. They stomp on his fucking balls and shit too, man. They're really yeah. fucking him up. They're really going to town on this guy. It's fucking unbelievable. It, uh. I felt that. Like, that's the only thing that they delivered. Like, the only, like, coup de grace type kick while he's down or hit while he's down that actually yeah. felt and looked real. I was like, oh, dude, somebody pissed this guy off that stomped on his balls. What are you guys doing to him? Jesus Christ, man. Be cool. Be cool. Be cool. Not cool, man. <laughs> this is fucking terrible. Um, so then uh, Brown 
beats through the door and he just starts kicking the shit out of him and then donna comes up wearing lingerie and has shane's gun and shoots the other one uh so then we cut to trejo informing estrada uh, about the failure at the gym and estrada's not all that happy so he decides he's gonna raise the stakes um we see the the cross-dressing hitmen they jump and kidnap donna's mom and kill her guard and then they leave another jacket diamonds on that body um the then the we see the magic man he's fishing on a boat and he's getting a beer sent out on him by a remote control boat so another remote control item here i'm glad Uh, that came back i really am yes and um we see that um and then we see this black speedboat coming and approaching them. And we see that it's Estrada's lady's friend, and she docks the boat, and she's kind of sneaking around. Nicole and Bruce are on the boat, but they decide they're going to leave, and they go take some food. And uh, the lady friend, I believe her name is Cash, watches. Can we talk um, about the bra that she's wearing, how it's like a gold version of what the lady that was the socialist sex pot from the last film was wearing? It's like the same type of bra, yeah. just gold. You know, they probably just fucking painted it gold or some shit like that. <laughs> or they bought like two or three of the same kind and just went for it. Yeah, something like that. Something happened. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I just wanted to comment on the bra because I yeah. like that design. I think it looks cool. Um, and um, so anyway, those two leave and they ask if the Magister's husband wants to come with. Ace is her name. And she says no, she has work to do. And as Ace is sitting at the computer, the lady shoots her and kills her. It then leaves a card. It's another Jack of Diamonds, says for Donna. She then sends out another beer to the magician, and it has a bomb in it, and he blows up. Did that look like so, it, it was like a grenade top to it, but then it was remote detonated? Like, how does that work? Yeah, no one knows. Uh, I think they just took the idea of a uh, a bomb and a grenade and smashed them together. Okay, you know what I think it might have been? What? That is a novelty item where it's a, you know, like a, a hand grenade beer can, like yeah. a Mickey's Big Mouth or a Mickey's Grenade type yeah. thing that they repurposed to basically use it so that you would think automatically bomb and then they just remote detonated, hoped you didn't notice that it's supposed to be a grenade. That could very well possibly be what that is. <laughs> I was hoping for like a cartoon bomb with a little fuse sticking out that's like round and it just says bomb on the side of it. That'd be great. Like a white can that just says bomb, like, you know, what uh, cheap beer used to be. <laughs> well, well, yeah, that would work too. Like, you know, it just says the word bomb on it and then it explodes. Yeah. I think that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. But what I was talking about is like, you know, like the round black ball like you see in like pirate movies and stuff that they have the wick sticking out of that they throw at you or in cartoons and it just says bomb on it yeah that too yeah there you go tnt uh explosion explosion acme uh acme beer can (laughs) acme level beer can grenade so then uh they all are back in the boat and and the head guy pretty much like we won't find answers at the scene um ed covers up ace ace's body and you can tell she can smell the perfume of the killer The rest of the the team gets back and they're going to find out what's up. But Edie stays behind as they all head into the boat and she goes through the weapons red chest. There's this red chest they keep carrying around. Apparently has all the weapons in it. It's a foot locker. How do you keep like several team members worth of weapons in a tiny ass fucking foot locker like that? Well, sometimes, you know, you gotta just, uh, you you know, it's a TARDIS. It's bigger on the inside. Okay. Okay. I I gotta talk about this, right? right? I'm sure like every male child at some point in time or another that was you know coming into his own to become a man had a quote-unquote weapons stash where they were like i'm gonna defend myself and so you know you like you you get like a baseball bat or like a bunch of other things 
and like you modify them and do all this weird shit. And then you have like a specific like chest that you'll keep the stuff in or you'll hide them somewhere in your closet so that you have like this weapon stash that you need. Like I've heard of like other dudes that have done this same thing. It's it's really weird. I, I, I admit I had something like that even when I was in high school. So I had something like that in my room where I had a baseball bat underneath my bed. Uh, if for some reason I got compromised, I had a knife taped to a back of a desk I could get to. And if that had compromised, I had an extra putter, like an old putter that I never used anymore that's just stashed in my closet. But what I'm talking about specifically, like when you're really young and you don't realize that you don't keep all the stuff in the same location, you have like a weapon stash trunk or a closet or something that you hide it all in until you get older and you watch Nightmare on Elm Street, in my case, and you realize you need to have weapons around the house to defend yourself in case something happens. Of course. And then you start hiding that kind of shit. Uh, well, the group get together now, and that actually becomes our final clip. What the hell is behind all of this? The guns used in South America yesterday are the same as the one used against us in the desert. And where did those guns come from? People's Republic of China. And how did they get to South America? Small aircraft. But you can't fly a small aircraft from China to South America without stopping to refuel. Now, it's not that we're here on the mainland. It's that we're not there. They got us out of Hawaii so they could run guns right through our front yard. Guns? South America? Yeah. It's adding up to a case against Tom. What? Okay, I'll pass that on. Catherine Hamilton was kidnapped this morning. And they left their calling card. Cash, you have performed to perfection. You do have style. You finally noticed. I will reward you when I return. And I will reward you when you return. Ah, what a pleasant surprise. Thank you, boys. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Joaquin de Diamantes. You might know me as the Jack of Diamonds. You son of a bitch, you can't be. <laughs> nice to meet you, too. De Diamantes' body was in pieces ten years ago when it was identified. Money talks, Jack walks. No, 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 this isn't exactly the right setting for a seminar on trade secrets. I'm gonna get out of here and I'm gonna kill you. Your husband was a formidable adversary, as is your daughter. So I have no doubt about your ability. But unfortunately, <laughs> you're at a grave disadvantage. Grave disadvantage? <laughs> what an interesting choice of words. <laughs> you're slime! So he rapes her, right? Yeah, yeah. At that point, Jack gets rapey. That is that is a fact. I'm glad they cut away, but like they never really discussed it. So like you're just pretty much left believing that he did, even though she yeah. shows up later and it doesn't look like she like her clothes aren't ripped I mean, up or anything like that. Is a little, uh, her blouse is undone, but you don't know. Yeah, like if like, it was torn yeah. open and that's just all the more clothes she could get it or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't fucking know. Jesus yeah, I don't want to dwell on it. It's just it was really uncomfortable yeah. and it kind of 
ruins the it mood was, of the movie. It definitely does, especially the way she screamed no, and I cut that out. I even put that in. I wasn't going to let anybody else have to deal with that. Yeah, it gets really fucking grody, like, right there, and it just yeah. it ruins. It doesn't match with anything else in the tone of the film, and I'm like... Well, Not I, any of the films. <laughs> yeah, well, none of the films at all, but, like, this one least of all. Like, it takes away all of the somewhat goodwill and fun that we've set up so far for him to be a villain and then go and do this. I think it's a real gross misstep. I agree. Yeah, I don't I don't fucking like that at all. So just it, yeah, that was- it doesn't improve anything. Like he could have he could have been tormenting her a little bit and done the same kind of thing that he's saying and basically saying that he's going to make her watch her child die in front of her like he did with her husband or, or something. So, yeah, it could have been a lot better. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, Oof. it's a shortcut, and it's just like I said, it's a gross misstep. So I'll move yeah. on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's. It's. But you're right. It is. It's bad. Um. So anyway. Uh. Then. Uh. Donna decides to send Nicole and Bruce back to the islands to stop the gun running. Um, the group gets armed up from the red chest, and then they all realize that Edie had left. Uh, we then see Edie gets the drop on Cash, who's kind of like by the bathtub, and using like this fucking hall of mirrors or wherever the fuck it is that's in this bathroom, she gets Cash to waste all her ammo shooting at mirrors, and then Eddie, uh, Edie kills her. That was dumb so. because she's clearly standing not near a mirror at all so cash must be a dumb dangerous panicky assassin i don't get it yeah she keeps telling everybody hey i wouldn't be i wouldn't be that sloppy and it's like uh, apparently you fucking are you very much <laughs> just were ma'am yeah and then cost you your fucking life so damn uh <laughs> <laughs> then the group uh gets to all their assignments and they head on out uh estrada finds cash dead and sends his men after nicole and bruce to stop them them from making it back to Hawaii. And then he tells them to bring the mother to him. Uh, then we see the group gets ready. It's one of those like gear up fucking little montage. Not even a montage, but it's a gear up moment. Yeah, he hands out like the smallest, most ineffective handguns ever. <laughs> It's well, ridiculous. Especially to like to fucking like Donna gets the smallest little fucking gun. It's fucking just terrible. Yeah. It's fucking sexist as shit. Well, I know that Donna's deadly with whatever type of weapon that you give her, but like this was extremely underwhelming. And for a film that's called Guns. Guns. There's so few guns in the film, and the guns that are in the film are very unimpressive, considering that we've had bullpop shotguns and a bunch of other crazy fucking guns and all these other movies well, that he's what, done. What about this People's Republic of China gun? they fucking got yeah can't they I use mean, that fuck, one why, why, yeah why would you guys want to use that one <laughs> <laughs> you know donna still has her you know exploding gun thing but he's like no you're not going to need that now you know yeah yeah oh yeah yeah no oh yeah they they have the fucking missile launchers like oh, we won't need this and you're like fucking says <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're going up against arms dealers for fuck's sakes you're gonna you're need fucking, all the guns you can get you're definitely gonna need that fucking gun are you fucking insane <laughs> You're gonna need a heat-seeking missile, man. What? Why? Yeah. Is, I mean, who the fuck are you people? <laughs> is that fucking lame-ass crutch from uh, Picasso Trigger not available that you can have for the heat-seeking missile? Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Fuck. All right. Anyway. All right, lame guns. <laughs> so Edie and kind of the head of the agency, they meet up, and she tells him that she killed Cash. Then we see Nicole and Bruce are getting chased by the two hitmen. They're able to get them into a bathroom, and they uh, fucking kill those two. 
Um, and then uh, the head guy, once again, he gets the last known image of this the Jack of Diamonds guy who, you know, everyone else thinks is dead. And, um, and he's fucking not. Um, so then the mom is brought into him and then we see Donna and Shane get to the actual hotel. Um, uh, Edie and the leader say they're going in as well to try to find the mom. Uh, Donna then breaks into a room, finds a radio with her mother's voice with a Jack of Diamonds card on it. And we find out he's talking to her from the stage area. So they all head down. So now we see everyone's kind of sneaking around like the stage area. We kind of get everyone's going around. Shane and Trejo get into a, uh, a fucking shootout with Shane not being able to hit shit and also shane can't stand he trips once gets back up trejo's just barely missing him he's getting fucking horrendously lucky shane is because he can't hit shit then he trips again and his gun falls and shoots the scaffold which then falls killing trejo holy shit these elbows really know how to fucking fail up don't they <laughs> you mispronounced a whole bunch of shit we're just gonna move on okay what, what did i mispronounce <laughs> <laughs> scaffolding you think you said scalpel and then you said Abilene instead of Abilene, Abilene or something? Abilene, whatever. I don't care about their fucking names. The scaffold part, you're right. I, I fucked that up. <laughs> whatever, doesn't but matter. I don't Let's really, move on. <laughs> I don't care about their last fucking names. But anyway, they always fail up, don't they? They always seem to find a way to fail the fuck up. See, what you didn't realize is one of the other ladies was standing off guard going, you know, this Abilene needs a win. So she's just off to the side and then she shoots the actual scaffolding for him. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get a standoff with Estrada holding the mom hostage and Donna. Uh, as they talk a little bit, Donna then steps on that trapdoor button and her mom falls through and then she uses the missile launcher and blows Estrada the fuck away. Once again, Sedaris uh, seems completely confused with how explosions work because Mama yeah, would have gotten burnt and fucked up even though she was below him when she got shot. Donna would have died. Yeah, it was like five or six shots at like really close range and the explosions were yeah. humongous. Everyone would be dead right now in that whole entire fucking hotel. Like they would have collapsed. <laughs> I don't know if it's quite that big of an explosion, but like she definitely would have had some serious concussion problems the mom would have been burnt to shit for sure from the explosion fire and stuff and probably would have had some concussive damage that could have cracked her skull and killed her you know like yeah that's not how explosions work man explosions are unbelievable the concussion of it fucks you up so bad exactly even Jesus if you don't Christ. get the burning and all the other stuff the concussive waves are just so destructive oh and, the, but, you know, and we, that part of the hotel probably would have collapsed, too. Yes, it's a possibility. Well, <laughs> so then with all that done, we cut to Nicole and Bruce. Or Well, we see two guys like, walking around a plane, and then there's Nicole and Bruce, and they have a ton of backup, and they bust the gun runners. So then it ends, the movie ends with, um, we see Donna and Nicole and they're running on a beach and then they do a super duper fucking high five hand claps together thing and then roll credits. Okay. So that hand clasp at the end, did you see the intense look they were staring at each other's eyes with? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did that yeah. look like they were about to like go Rocky two at the end? We're like, all right, we're gonna see who's the champ now. Yeah, it, it was it was Rocky. That's what happened. That Rocky was, two, right? Rocky, Where they're like, was, okay, yeah, it was Rocky two. Well, let's let's give it a shot and see what happens. Right? That's basically it what also, they did. Yeah, because Rocky two, he also trains on the beach with Apollo, and they have that moment where they fucking hang out. And then the hand clasp. That's from fucking uh, Predator, <laughs> right? <laughs> 
<laughs> Andy Sedaris is slowly but surely becoming the American more talented Matei. Yeah, yeah. Something, man. I don't know. But just with actions, not so much with the story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and also stealing jokes. Yeah, all, all that kind of shit. <laughs> uh, this one, as far as comparing it with the rest of the series, is a bit of a drop for me. This one yeah. wasn't as much fun. Um, Savage Beach was a bit of a drop too, but this one actually made Savage Beach look more fun to me. Yeah, this one wasn't. Uh, this one wasn't as as great. I mean, I don't have a lot of complaints about it. It's just like I noticed that I was looking at my watch, or I started like fucking around on my phone a lot more than what I had been doing with some of the previous films. And yeah, I just noticed I was kind of bored. Yeah, it it really just kind of it you felt the pace of this movie none of the other films even if they may not have been the most high quality entertainment that you can get your hands on really had a pace that you really felt the entire time and i just i don't know like i feel like eric estrada kind of carries it in a lot of the scenes that he's in because he's really doing his best you know yeah treo is actually very fucking menacing and actually does a really great job as a henchman in that that role and really kind of shines and steals just about every fucking scene he's in yeah i also thought estrada was pretty good as a menacing character yeah i wish i wish he would have played more evil characters because like his his charisma and charm being turned to 11 for like the evil side of him worked really well for me and he just always plays good guys because he just he likes to crack a smile and be happy and it was really nice to see him play evil and i think this is kind of the only time he does like i don't really remember seeing him play a bad guy i don't remember any other time he does yeah so pretty pretty fucking good i'm well done yeah i i dug that too i dug watching him play evil that that part kind of kept me going so i mean this is probably not going to be the one i'm going to go back to more frequently of all the sedaris films that we've covered so far you know yeah no i i I think still like hard ticket to hawaii is still kind of my favorite and i think picasso trigger was still kind of enjoyable as well so i think those are like my one and two so far for this time around for watch and i hate to say it but i finally found one that malibu express beats out i would rather watch malibu express again than guns really yeah so would i i'd actually rather watch malibu express more than guns or savage island yeah i could see savage beach not being one of your favorites but i actually i did like savage beach more so i would probably put that like maybe third we'll have to actually do like a full-fledged ranking whenever we get through all 12 you know yeah and just kind of like put them in order of like you know most we'd want to rewatch versus what we probably would not ever want to watch again and i have this sneaking suspicion that this one is going to drop down on the list further and further. Yeah, I, I have a weird feeling this might be the worst one. <laughs> well, next week we're going to have a, a surprise uh, actor pop up in the films. Um, oh, yeah? I don't want to spoil it for you, but anybody who's going to go look it up on IMDb will we'll see it. And I don't want you to cheat. Just watch the movie and get right. surprised when he pops up. You got it. <laughs> and it is a he actor, so there we go. Gotcha. <laughs> I got really not much else to say about this film. There's a lot of stuff that it makes choices that I have problems with. Um, and then the big shootout stuff at the end they didn't even bother to make like you know attempted to make like special guns or, or weapons or anything they just hand out like walter pks and smaller 25s and stuff like that and i know they're going with like these are supposed to be assassin guns and this is precision fighting but they're taking on fucking gun runners and we don't even see them take on gun runners man yeah it's fucking just weird it's all bad 
it's, I mean, it's just not, it doesn't make any sense. It's not really all that great. Not, I mean, not that these are supposed to be great movies, but I mean, it's just, it's, fuck, at least the other ones were fun. Yeah, the parabola of this, whenever they fire, the projectile drops much too fast. So the yeah. guns doesn't have the range that they thought it did. Yeah, I just don't think so. All right, I'm done bitching about this. It was overall still pretty enjoyable. There were still parts of it that were fun, but like I said, I probably will not be watching this one again. Why yeah, me neither. Why don't we do a quick news story and we'll wrap up this fucking show, man. Sounds good. All right, we're going to take a little break here. We're going to play the Corrupted Youth promo because I'm giving a push to that show. We'll have a little bit of music that sounds just like I stole it right out of the movie, even though I didn't. And when we come back, we'll do some PSYOP news. Taste colors beyond any known spectrum as phonic euphoria cascades into your consciousness. Observe the laws of physics no longer applying to an existence that confines. Space and time will unravel and reform to a screaming new dawn, bursting with infinite possibility. It's as easy as listening to the Corrupted Youth Podcast, where the father-son duo of Dan and Brennan explore the latest blockbusters, classic genre films, and the schlockiest of Golden Age VHS rental store flicks in spoiler-heavy fashion. Corrupted Youth Podcast is available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and more. Take a break from reality, unlock your infinite cosmic potential, and become a dongle. I could have totally just lied to you and said that I took that out of the movie from one of the chase scenes when nothing else was going on and you would have believed me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would have. I've been like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He totally did do that. <laughs> These Sedaris <laughs> movies have been really good for me to be able to find music that sounds like I took it right out of the movie. Yeah, yeah, right. Now, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what can I say? It's uh, one of those things that I just have to do. Just like you have to give me some psyop news. This one comes from our man on the field, Mr. Robert Ward. Yes. Uh, from the Daily Mail, alcoholic killer monkey leaves one man dead and 250 injured after going on rampage when his booze supply dried up. Oh, tears are good lube. I swear to God, I was in Omaha this whole time. OMG, uh, I'm just drinking game. So an alcoholic, uh, so, okay, this all happened uh, in uh, India, and uh, the inebriated imp known as Kalua was formerly the- abuse. 
and free drugs. Yeah, well, that's true. Was formerly the pet of an occultist who fed him hard liquor at his home in uh, Marazapur. And, um, but after his owner died, the bereft animal stopped getting his supply of spirits and began prowling the streets in a furious rage. And I'm pretty sure the drug taste is just going to ruin the taste of man meat. <laughs> the simian targeted women and girls in particular, with dozens of children left needing plastic surgery after he ripped open their faces with his fangs. That's my fetish. Jesus, Matt. Yeah, this this one stopped being cool. <laughs> Okay, so drunk monkey basically turns well, murders no, no. of the room more into a sober thing. monkey. This is a sober <laughs> no, monkey right dry now. Dry drunk monkey. He's more <laughs> pissed than Kavanaugh was at his hearings. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I didn't think that was possible. Uh, that the animal shit's like metal. Well, the animal has been since been caught and will now be kept in captivity for the rest of its life. Uh, one of uh, Clua's 250 biting victims actually died. Jesus. Uh, the si- yeah, the six-year-old monkey was eventually captured and hauled to Kemper Zoo, where zoologists discovered that he was not only an alcoholic, but that he. Re- Refused to eat vegetables. This is Scientist- like traces of death fucked a porno. Scientists believe that the occultist must have also fed the monkey meat. Uh, another possible cause for his uh, very, un- you know, uh, for his anger. It was also noted that the monkey had a pro- uh, propensity for attacking female zookeepers and would also attack other monkeys if put in the same cage. It has therefore been decided that Kalua will remain locked in a cage at the zoo for the rest of his days. It is the latest in a litany of shocking stories about monkeys to emerge from the subcontinent. Uh, among the charges leveled at the Marauding species are been so far have been robbery, kidnapping, and murder. Jesus Christ. This is dark. Um, yeah, man. That uh, Hold on. I'm going to do something else. That title led to a whole... Necrophilia could be overlooked. I mean, yeah, I thought something fun, but it's not. Everyone uh, would be coming on my face. Ah, here's one from you. <laughs> Yay, me. Yeah, Our New York Post. Court ups. Uh, women arrest, a woman arrested after calling cops to report fire in her crotch. Wow, this is old. I've had that posted for a while. Have you? Yeah. I'm just getting to it. Uh, there were a few weeks there where we weren't doing news because things were... Too depressing. Really bad out there. Um, an Ohio woman was placed under arrest after reportedly calling 911 to ask for help in extinguishing a fire in her crotch. America is a bunch of cunts. Katrina Morgan, 50, called the cops in Port Clinton at about 10 p.m. Saturday to allegedly falsely report her quote-unquote Pussy ablaze. Vagina smells like dead body. Afraid of vaginas. Uh, Morgan asked the cops if the fire department's hose is working. Yeah, here's <laughs> a good lube. It said that she needed somebody to come put out, put it out with their hose. Pull out and further degrade her by coming on her. I might have put the fire out. I'm just saying. That's what she wanted is for someone to pull out and further degrade her by coming on her. That's how her fire Jeez. gets put out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Police arrived to find Morgan at her friend's home where she and others had been drinking, residents told officers. Cops moved to arrest Morgan for false reports and disrupting police police operations, according to the newspaper. I'm going to stockpile all my guns because cops don't help you. Morgan became agitated and yelled at the officers as she resisted arrest, only relenting when an officer threatened her with a stun gun, the report said. Morgan faced the charges of disrupting public services, making false alarms, resisting arrest, and disorderly conduct, according to the police department. 
Her friends during the police questioning denied seeing Morgan on the phone, as the new, the News Herald has reported. So I spilled pee all over the place, but I cleaned it up. I don't know what they got a problem with. That would probably put it out the fire as well. My love saying. of dead kids. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> My love what was that one? Kids. Jesus. Did you, did you, what, holy Jesus Christ. That sounded really bad. My love of dead kids. Yeah, yeah, that sounds real bad. Who's saying that again? That's uh, that's Jamie. <laughs> so basically Fuck, Jamie, the lady's dark. The lady's calling 911. The lady got drunk. Yeah. It sounded like she was uh, feeling a little bit randy. And she decided she was going to call and see if the fire department has a hose that could help her out. Right. So she called the fire department through 911 and is all like, I mean, I like dick. And nobody showed up. And when they're getting ready to arrest her, she's like, want to hop on some dick after that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what was happening. (laughs) But the police were, you know, being the usual police and not helpful. So to hell with the police. All cops are bumbling dummies. (laughs) Yeah. All that. All that kind of stuff happened. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Fire man. in her crotch that only the fire department's hose can come put out. Yeah, man. This is a, this is a weird world we're living in. <laughs> yes, you can't have sex by sticking an erect penis into a vagina. That's what I heard in health class. So Pull you have to further talk. degrade her by coming on her. I also heard that in my health class. It All blowjobs uh, should be teethy. All blowjobs should be teethy. I also heard that in my health class. I'm telling you right now, I had a, I, uh, I went to a weird school. Prepare your chocolate starfish for my chunky dick snot. <laughs> you know, I think that was in a biology book once. <laughs> A baby gets stabbed and I come like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. My love of dead kids. Oh, God, Jamie, like Jamie. That. My love of dead kids. <laughs> I'm going to stop now before we lose every fucking listener we've ever had. I mean, dude, I'm about I'm about ready. I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling good right now. <laughs> Easiest way to get me to stop all this. Hey, you yeah. shut me up. Suck my dick. It works. Yeah, well, uh, you know what? I'd rather listen to the rest of this then. <laughs> Well, we're going to close out the show here on that very dour, very bizarre, very weird note. (laughs) Going to play the ending Legion promo, and I'm going to play Cynthia Bromall's Performing Guns again to close out the show because the movie played it like two or three times, so I am too. Fuck yeah. Gotta have them guns. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.
Shit, even the lyrics of that fucking song are all filled with innuendo. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, I wasn't paying attention to the lyrics when I'm watching her sing it because I'm so distracted by how amazing she looks in all the various outfits they put her in. But exactly, the song itself is actually kind of a fun, you know, sexy romp for a 90s type of thing. It makes me want to shoop, shoop, a doop. Shoop, a doop, a doop, a doop. Don't, don't. What are you doing? Here I go. Here I go again. <laughs> No, 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 you're not going again. Get out of here. <laughs> For once, I'm doing something horrendous, and you're telling me yeah. to stop. <laughs> you got to get out of here, man. You got to stop doing that. This, this is bad. This role reversal. This is what I do? Oh, God, shit. This is what it's like to deal with you on a regular basis, Matt. You are learning. I, I, I'm sorry. All right? I, I fucking, I'm sorry. I won't sing again. Just stop it. <laughs> Well, if you want to look at all the past instances where Matt has sung and offended all of our ears, you can check out our main landing and launching page, legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops for all of your cinema psyops needs. There's also our Facebook group where we have a meme circle, a supportive group of weirdos and just generally miscreants and misfits that like to hang out and have a good time and have a laugh because it's the last safe bastion for us weirdos. Yes. That's Cinema Psyops on Facebook. You can also find me on Facebook. I am Court Psyops. You can occasionally find Matt on Facebook as Matt Psyop. And if you try to DM him directly with Messenger, he must get back with you or I will punish him. God damn, that sounded fucking ominous. Yeah, I'll fucking sing more fucking salt and pepper at you if you don't. Oh, fuck. Okay, okay, I'll get back to him. Settle down. No reason to go with all violent. You can email feedback to Matt, but likely he will not respond. PsyopMatt at gmail.com. Yeah, it's true. I, I I don't know, man. I don't know how the internet works. You can email feedback to court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com, and send him articles that Matt can read to figure out how the internet works. So, like, is there a tube involved? I don't know what's going on. Only in cock stuffing. Oh, <laughs> that's that's off-putting. You can tweet a couple of tweets to a couple of twats on the hate-filled shit fest that is Twitter. I'm at court underscore psyop, and he is at psyop Matt. You can at us with your cock-stuffing photos. Oh, oh, God. Uh, can we not? <laughs> I mean, it may or may not happen. I guess we'll see. The point I mean, of fact is, if somebody's not actually into that, they have to look it up first to find photos, so it's like a double whammy. This is true. This is true. We are also available on the gram of Insta. I am cinema underscore psyops there. I'm posting photos of myself looking all debonair and quite sexy on a podcast magazine that does not exist cover that our buddy Dan Beasel created. That is Dan from the art of Dan Beasel and the Corrupted Youth Podcast that I am giving the promotion pump right now and really trying to get that show some listeners. Yeah. <laughs> that has been posted there and uh, it's been okayed by the wife. She uh, wants to have this happen. I'm going to get that printed out and framed and I may end up hanging it in the studio. Sweet. 
<laughs> I look really good what he did with that photo. I don't know how he did it, but god damn, I'm hot, Matt. Yeah, he really helped you out. <laughs> he must have thrown it through like a million fucking Snapchat and Instagram filters to make me look that good. There are a lot of filters going on. I mean, we're just one step below the sparkle filter. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> Well, if you have no idea what the fuck a sparkle filter is like me, the only thing left to do is kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. Hey, am I blowing out your eardrums? Nope, nope, not at all. Okay, I had to rewire a whole bunch of fucking shit, so... Um, oh, nice. No, I'm talking like I had uh, to scramble and fix some equipment to get shit to work for this week. Oof. Well, thank <laughs> it, God we waited till Tuesday. Well, I... <sighs> I was thinking that since I was we were waiting until Tuesday, I was going to just go ahead and fix it. And then I got in way over my head. But uh, the good news is the super nice gates and the super nice compressors that I love to death are now working again. So the sound for the show should improve this week, I hope. Hey, that's great. Yeah, and we're recording at a much higher level with a much higher signal to noise ratio because this is much nicer stuff. Yeah. And I found the main cause of the big noise. It was an external USB audio device that I was plugged into for my Mac. That's, uh, I mean, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't grounded right. That's the problem with USB shit. It's just never really grounded quite right. Yeah. So uh, you set up to record on your side? I am recording now. One, two, three. Okay, so uh, 254? Oh, fuck. Is that right? Four? I don't know. Fuck, I'm not good at math. Is it, I mean, that's that sounds right, right? Sound, I mean, fucking any more these days. 254, 264, 354. We're all fucked. <laughs> oh, you're so cheerful and fucking happy. <laughs> yeah, I read like six news stories that almost made me fucking go out the couch and start just punching random people in the face so i'm not all that happy with human beings right now <laughs> well uh darren did try to get a hold of you so if you need to rant and okay. rave and be all political he did try to get a hold of you did he all right i'll check my shit yeah it should be on messenger so okay. you can you can rant and rave and i've also offered him a little something to let you blow off steam every week here even though you don't really get the opportunity to do so yeah. um but what we'll do is we'll send that shit to him and we'll we'll work that out um, at some point. But in order for that to happen, where you get to blow off steam politically every week here with me and then have me sip it on to Darren, got to yeah. go do his show first. So that I way you get you. a safety valve that you still get to use here on the show. It just won't get used on the show. It'll get used on Darren. Yeah, she's, but she ain't wearing much. It's uh, yeah, a lot of talent there. <sighs> 
God damn it. I was going to say her whole entire body pretty much is on display and little is left of the imagination. But yeah. you had to go the more sexist route because apparently like, her looks are her only talent to you. No, I'm talking about her singing. Uh-huh. What, what were you talking about? I first mentioned that her singing was impressive when you aren't distracted by the fact that she's mostly naked while performing in the movie. I did Wait, make that on. statement. She was mostly naked? Oh, fucking uh, see, I, I just don't look at those kind of things, so I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, um, you are blind, the only movie reviewer in the world who does not actually look at the screen. No, I, 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 I just don't notice that as the first thing. Now that you mention it, yeah, I guess she was what you would call scantily clad, but you are I just a don't. fucking liar and move on. Okay. And then the main character Late. played the, uh, the, 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 the new married woman. It's a lookalike. So she cheated on her new husband with another lady who probably yeah, would I, have been I, like, just bring her to the, you know, wedding bed and yeah, let's, let's do just this. Just bring her to the party and we're fine. Uh, you know, no harm, no foul. <laughs> um, I'm sure is what he was thinking. Uh, <laughs> I would never think such things because that's disgusting. <laughs> I would totally think such things. I would just keep it to myself and on this show only. <laughs> That's the sort of thing you keep in your brain and then you only say on this fake radio show that gets put out on the internet that your That's wives right. don't listen to. Exactly. Anyway, uh, then we cut to a straw, a straw, a home. Which is probably why you're uh, so upset about watching him, because it just shows you how much you love the starfish still. No, no, no. I get active and into it. I'm not a starfish. More like a jellyfish. Um, <laughs> as in, as in, I'm just, I'm just really out of shape. <laughs> so pretty much whoever's having sex with you, it's like they're bouncing around on a bouncy house. Exactly. It's fun for them. They have a good time. Next clip. Oops, I forgot to delete the clip like an idiot. Oops, Link. Are they really supposed to be mother and daughter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least in this movie. I'm just saying, so, like, this is, the like, if you get to be Donna's stepdad, this is living the dream. <laughs> if you get to, to have both of them, because that, you're her that, the stepfather porn, like, if you get to live that, that out with Donna and her mom, you're going to uh, be a very happy it, person. Ew, dude, no, ew. What? Don't I want to be the meat in that incest sandwich. Don't do that. No, I'm going to kink shame you for that. That's wrong. Oh. Come on. Yeah. No, totally it's wrong. It's not wrong you know when they look like that. Yeah, dude, it's wrong no matter what. Now, come on now. Come on. Be strong. <laughs> be with me here. It's not wrong. Stop shaming me for what I want to do. Be an ally, will you? <laughs> oh, speaking of being an ally, you're going to make me cut some shit out of that fucking clip, by the way, because there's some offensive trans panic shit in that. No shit, right? Unfortunately, there's like important stuff in there, but this whole fucking movie's transphobic. You need to learn how to go in and remove that kind of stuff if you're going to use well, those clips. Yeah, I get I don't know. Fuck. Because I'm not going to do that every time for you, and I'm also not going to play the clip on the show if that shit stays in. <laughs> well, I don't really do it that often. I, You know, I try to stay away from that kind of shit. It's real simple to go in and remove the stuff. You just go in, yeah, and you just delete it. I don't know, man. That sounds really hard. You so anyway, highlight um, that section, and you delete it. I mean, that's I do that with the clips all the time. It still sounds hard, though. <laughs> that's all you got to do whenever there's anything hateful in any way, shape, or form. All right. You know, the war on drugs. Fuck, they don't even care about the war on drugs anymore, except for Donna, who thinks it's fucking important. We're in a war on drugs. Fucking <laughs> war on drugs. Fucking all they did was lock up people of color. Assholes. Fucking hate people. That's why anyway. Donna found it was important. She's very clearly a racist. You know she's a damn racist. <laughs> <laughs> well, her mom is a fucking district attorney or some shit, so probably, yeah. Well, yeah you know she's probably using some for-pay prisons. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's probably definitely in 
involved with and heavily bought stock in and also had her family heavily invest in it hence why donna's so pro war yeah, on drugs exactly and why and why it's like no and you can't go killing suspects because you know then you can't fill up your for-profit prison <laughs> right we can't put them to work and use the loophole in the 13th amendment to turn people into slaves anymore yeah right fuck we're back on political shit move on i'm trying jesus christ you started it how did i get on this soapbox you like pulled me up without me even noticing it yeah it was pretty easy man i uh, put it in this gradual escalator and so you never even know until you're up there trump could use that gradual escalator right uh, <laughs> no shit and plus maybe a sippy cup to help him drink his water <laughs> um you're making fun of a stroke victim and i helped <laughs> Is that what we're thinking? Is, did Trump have a stroke? Well, I talked about it on the Psychosemantic cast, but yeah, that's what I believe. Let's move on. All right, all right, all right. We're moving on. Even is though, that a derogatory term now, though? The way she said it was pejorative. Let me put it that way. And that's all it takes. Because if you refer yeah, to someone as... I don't as, know about the word being bad, because if they're not technically... Because I don't know if they're doing that as a lifestyle, or if, it, if they're just doing that to get away with murder, then they would be technically just that word. Because they're not... It's not a lifestyle to them. It's just something they're using as a disguise. I'm saying when she said in the actual oh, clip that was definitely yeah they said specifically oh, said I thought they that. said just cross-dressers no cross-dressers I'd I be fine this. with no she said fucking oh. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, okay, that's what I'm pissed I, about, dude. <laughs> you know what? I was—I thought you were talking about cross-dressers because that's the whole thing I spend so much time worrying about. No, cross-dressers is fine because that's technically, that if you are, if you like to dress in the opposite gender role, that I don't see unless you're using it as a pejorative Motherfucker, thing. Motherfucker, I'm old, all right? I don't know if it, I, I, I know that it was like, I didn't know if that was one of the terms that was okay back, way back when. And now today it's fucking, it's, it's a no-no word. I don't. Well, That's what, so the whole time, so the reason I didn't even hear, so I'm thinking the reason I fucking missed it is because I spent so much fucking time worrying about the word crossdressers. <laughs> That's a whole bunch of beeps if I want to use any of this. Let's just move on. I know. <laughs> I'll look it up to see. All right. Anyway. According to Wikipedia, the term cross-dresser is used as the replacement term to describe it, and transvestite because it was considered a medical-type disorder at that point, or was used when it was coined, it was to be describing a me mental disorder of some sort to, to do such a thing, and that is more considered a pejorative term to use instead. Apparently, okay. the term cross-dresser has been coined by the trans gender community again according to wikipedia so yeah. take that with a grain of salt if you will the important thing is here we are learning and we are trying not to offend and we are trying to be inclusive and sensitive we are a safe place <laughs> we are for we for are. all listeners and i'm not doing the joke with this one oh, okay anyway <laughs> ordinarily uh, we are for morons but in this case we're trying to be inclusive we're trying for our best I'm sure like every male child at some point in time or another that was, you know, coming into his own to become a man had a weapons, quote unquote, weapons stash where they were like, I'm going to defend myself. And so, you know, you like you, you get like a baseball bat or like a bunch of other things and like you modify them and do all this weird shit. And then you have like a specific like chest that you'll keep the stuff in or you'll hide them somewhere in your closet so that you have like this weapons stash that you need. Like I've heard of like other dudes that have done this same thing. It's, it's really weird. I... I, I 
I admit I had something like that even when I was in high school. And what I had when I was in high school, because um, my dad traveled a lot for work and my mom, uh, something really tragic happened to my family up north. And my mom had to go, keep going back up north to help. So for being 16, 17, I was left home like weeks at a time sometimes by myself. Uh, you know, I had a driver's license, I could get to school, I had a job, I could get to debt, you know, and I can, you know, knew how to take care of myself. But you get a little freaked because, you know, you don't stay at home all by yourself, you know, all that much like that. So I had something like that in my room where I had a baseball bat underneath my bed. Uh, if for some reason I got compromised, I had a knife taped to a back of a desk I could get to. And if that compromised, I had an extra putter, like an old putter that I never used anymore that's just stashed in my closet. I'm like... In my 40s, I'm heading towards 41 right now, yeah. and I still have weapon stash around my house for the same thing because it's down to me, you know. So I got to make sure yeah. just in case. I mean, you've ran into that before when you came running downstairs and I was asleep and I almost smacked you with my gnome stick. Yeah, right. Well, and I have, uh, <laughs> I have like various objects that can be used as weapons that I know where they are and they lay in peculiar places. And like my wife will always ask, "Why is that right here?" And I'll be like, "I don't know. I just put it there." And oftentimes it will get moved, and then I'll just put it right back. So we something where I can go through my house and grab it and know I can have something at least. Until you get older and you watch Nightmare on Elm Street in my case and you realize you need to have weapons around the house to defend yourself in case something happens. Of course. And then you start hiding that kind of shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then that, that happens. My wife's like, hey, why was this folding knife in the back of the couch? You know, just kind of like zipped in the yeah. cushion. I'm like, I don't know how that got there. Well, that's a silly question. I'll tell you how. <laughs> I have paranoid problems. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing it up a little bit. It's not quite zipped up in the couch, but I do have them like on my nightstand or, you know, somewhere close by. There may or may listen, not be a machete hidden under my TV. Listen, I went to a college with a guy who had off-campus housing and he had a fucking kitchen gun. Like, the fucking, the fucking gun we're seeing in this movie that every fucking Abilene uses can't shoot. He had that taped to a fucking drawer. <laughs> wow. That's a bit more paranoid than me. <laughs> well, that was it for paranoia. He lived out in, in, right in... From his kitchen was a gigantic open field, and you get deer a lot out there. And he's like, when it's deer hunting season, it's pretty easy for me. I just hunt from my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. All right, man. That's that's some dedication to deer hunting, but you're cool. Whatever. <laughs> More likely, if I heard that, I'd be like, awesome. Set me up some venison jerky when you get it. Yeah. Yeah. Can I get some jerky, man? I'm kind of hungry, man. What do you got? Some, you got any venison hot dogs over there? That shit's good. <laughs> We're way off track this episode. We are way off fucking... Uh, there's not much more to talk about. <laughs> Let's see here. Hold on a second. Sorry, I just got lost there. Moment. <laughs> it makes good outtakes. Yeah. Uh,
idea what the fuck a sparkle filter is like me. The only thing left to do is kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. I don't know what that is. I don't know. It just sounds like a thing. <laughs> oh, so you may have made that up. I may have made that up. I don't know. I, I, I'm sure there's a sparkle filter. But I mean, who uses filters the most? Females. It would have females. Most females love sparkles. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I guess that works. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done. Right, I'm going to stop recording here.